you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey everybody, it is Tuesday, January 18th, 2022. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast, where we will never blow an inadvertent whistle. I am Marcus Grant, alongside Michael F. Florio. Producer Justin is at the controls, and we got through Super Wild Card Weekend. Six games, including a Monday night game. Uh, I don't know that it was necessarily super on the field. Um... For you, uh, obviously, you know, taking the Bills' huge win into account, what was the best game for you of this weekend? <laughs> uh, selfishly for me, it, it was the Bills game, but I, that's only because I am a Bills fan. Objectively, I, I thought the first game of the week was the best one, the Bengals-Raiders. That whistle feels like it was weeks ago, even <laughs> though it was just a couple of days ago, but... That to me, that was the best game. It was it was back and forth a little bit. It came down to the end. Not many games were close this week, so that one I think uh, kind of almost wins by default. All right, so maybe I'm going to be homerish here, but I'm going to pick the 49ers and Cowboys. That was another good one because that that was the only other I think really competitive game. Even though the end of it was just a comedy of errors, like neither team could really close the game out of the Niners had multiple chances to shut it down I mean it, it looked for all intents and purposes at first like Debo Samuel had run for a first down then on review it was short then it looks like Jimmy G like, sneaks it across the line for a first down except he didn't wait long enough for Trent Williams to get set so they call it a false start then the Niner defense just lets the Cowboys march down the field until Dak Prescott inexplicably runs a draw uh, and has the clock run out so um, it was close even though if it wasn't well played at the end, um, it was not good for my heart. I know that much. So, <laughs> I, I um, can only imagine. Right? I'm like sitting here. I, I, I'm, I'm moving stuff around. I'm, I'm cleaning up. And I'm like watching on TV. And I'm like stressed out. Like this is not good for me. What, what was your reaction when Dak ran? Because I didn't have a dog in the fight. And I'm watching like what, what is going on? Like, I, was, I was like, wait, wait. What's it's like at first I'm like, oh, crap. There's a lot of room. Then I'm like, wait a minute. They don't have any timeouts. Like what is he doing? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. And then I'm like watching it. And, I'm, you know, and they're trying to hustle up to the line. And, and he spikes it. And I'm like, well, 
I'm like, from where I'm sitting, it looks like the clock ran out. But I'm like, I, I was wondering if they would give them one second. I thought uh, they would. To try and, and just do one more play. Because I feel like if they had one more play, I felt the worst. Like, I just felt <laughs> like if they got one more play, somehow, like, C.D. Lamb or, or actually be like, you know, Dalton Schultz was going to come down with a Hail Mary in the end zone or something like that. And I was going to be just sick for the rest of the weekend. Um, but they figured it out. Um you know, whatever. It worked. <laughs> That's all I'll say about it. <laughs> uh, but that sort of gets to the point, though, right? I mean, we sat here, we talked about there were six games this weekend. Only two of them were actually competitive. And then I saw something this morning that there were zero lead changes in the second half of any of the six games. So if you were leading at halftime, you won. Um, I, have we gone too far? I mean, I know the genie's out of the bottle. It's not coming back. But, you know, adding a seventh playoff team to each conference, right? The two seven seeds got smoked. The Eagles and the, the Steelers got smoked. Like, is this is this just a bad idea now? I don't think so. Uh, I, I'm kind of a lunatic in the sense that, like, if there's meaningful football on, I'm, I'm going to watch it even if it's not all that competitive. So having, you know... The Monday night game was really cool. Having three games on Sunday instead of two and two, that that was cool. I also think it was just kind of a bad draw for the NFL this year. Like, if the Chargers were that seventh team and not the Steelers, I think we're all happy that we have a seventh team in because we're like, <laughs> how could the Chargers have been left out? But they just they fell just short. And I, the NFC would have been kind of gross any, any which way you slice that seventh seed. But, like... The Vikings, right? Like, they're a team that would have been at least fun to watch, could have kept it a little bit more competitive. So I, I don't I don't hate the seven team being in. I just don't think the seven best teams made it this year. Yeah, it was it was not great. In fact, I was, you know, on my text chain with some friends and, you know, we were saying because some of them are also Raider fans kind of part time. But I was like, you know what? This is all Rich Basaccia's fault that the Steelers are getting drilled <laughs> right now. Right. If you would have just taken a knee, both teams like the Chargers would have been in and maybe we could have had like a, a Herbert Mahomes playoff game. Like that would have been a lot more fun. It, it would have been Bill's Chargers, which I mean, Alan Herbert would have been a lot of fun. Right. That would have been great instead of watching the Steelers get thumped. Uh, like, you know, they had a 7 nothing lead, and then that was pretty much a wrap right after that. Um, by the way, side note, how, how excited were you to see Ryan Fitzpatrick show up shirtless at a Bills playoff game? It, I didn't see it until the next morning, and when I saw it, though, I was like, this is amazing. Like, the fact <laughs> that he isn't not even, like, all right, you saw, like, Kelly and all the other former Bills greats there. Like, that's expected. A current player <laughs> for another team was just in the crowd shirtless celebrating the Bills. To me, it just, I don't know, it makes you feel good about rooting for that team. Like, there's, like, a, a sense of family or something there between the players. It's amazing. That was absolutely amazing. And it's why Fitzmagic will always, I'm sure, be, uh, you know, high on the list of favorite Bills quarterbacks, even when he's not a Bill. Uh, that, was, that was pretty wild. Um, all right. Let's get to some news and notes uh, for this Tuesday. We will start back at Thursday because we can't do a show without some news breaking after it uh, after we release it. But the, the Texans fired head coach David Culley after one season. Um, you know, I, I really don't know where to go with this other than I think he was put in a position where he was not going to be successful, but I was still surprised that they, they pulled the plug after one year. Um, he overachieved. I think. I think he did too. No, I think you're right. I think with what he had to work with um, and, and what they ended up doing, I definitely think he overachieved. But the Texans feel like uh, they want to go in a different direction. I do know they talked to Brian Flores. Um, I know there's some other things in play. We'll talk about Deshaun Watson a little bit later on in the show because I, I just have some questions about it. But 
uh, maybe that's part of the plan there is to do something to see if they can, I don't know, work something out. Uh, who knows? Um, the Raiders fired general manager Mike Mayock after three seasons. I think this is part of just the, the house cleaning that the Raiders are going through right now. Um, you know, obviously John Gruden is gone. Uh, Mike Mayock is now gone. Uh, I mean, does Derek Carr come back? Should he come back? Like, I don't even know. I don't even know what the Raiders are going to do right now. Derek Carr to me is one of those quarterbacks where like I don't think you the, at least if you're the Raiders right now like how can you move on from him and be like we're gonna bring in someone who has like make us more competitive right now like he has their franchise record and a lot of stats he finally got them to the playoffs uh, but I think Derek Carr is one of those trap quarterbacks where he's not good enough where you could win a Super Bowl with him unless everything around you is perfect um those type of quarterbacks you teams tend to hold on to and just kind of sit in like the late teens, early 20s in the drafts for far too long. But at th- we were talking about it before the show. It's a weak quarterback class in the draft. Free agency is a little questionable. I'm not sure there's a better option for next year than Derek Carr. That's kind of the thing is that he kind of puts them. You're right. He's good enough so that you're competitive and you're in it and you have a shot at the playoffs every year. I don't know that he's good enough or this team is constructed as good enough to be a Super Bowl contender. So they are kind of stuck in quarterback limbo a little bit. I mean, they were 10 and seven this year, which still seems weird to say 10 and seven, but uh, they were 10 and seven this year. And it just feels like, you know, as constructed, they will sort of hover around that for years to come until they either get really good or really bad. Uh, so we'll see. Um, Russell Wilson says he wants to explore some offseason options. Uh, you know, I look when asked about it at the end of the year, I feel like he was very diplomatic about, you know, not really saying what was going to happen. He was you know, focused on the week ahead or what have you. But, you know, all the stories from the offseason and during the season suggest that, you know, maybe the two sides – uh, kind of figure about you know something different going forward. So let's just let's just play hypotheticals here, right? And let's say Russell Wilson decides not to come back to Seattle. Do you see a good fantasy fit for him somewhere? Yeah, my my answer to any of these questions when the quarterback comes up is the Denver Broncos. Like I I feel like Denver is in such a good position right now where they just need a quarterback. Like they have a very respectable defense. They have a great run game when Javante Williams. Maybe they bring back Melvin Gordon. We got to see there, but we know Javante Williams is a legit good running back. They have Noah Fant who. I believe talent-wise, I know I didn't love Noah Fant fantasy-wise, but I believe talent-wise, Noah Fant is one of the better tight ends in football. I think they have a really talented trio. You could even say foursome of wide receivers with Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, and then when KJ Hamler is healthy. So just a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. I think Russell Wilson could take all of those players to the next level, which would be really fun for fantasy. They just need a quarterback and we saw this year with even below average quarterback play they could be a competitive team you put a russell wilson on there i think fantasy they take off and in real life i think they have super bowl aspirations i mean basically i think you know the conversation had been this whole time about hey it's going to be great when aaron Rodgers goes to denver that is seeming less likely now it seems like you know things in green bay are sort of you know healing themselves so maybe Rodgers doesn't go so now i think maybe we are pivoting to russell wilson heading to denver um I did hear someone say, uh, you know, that maybe Russell Wilson could be an interesting fit. Uh, actually, no, I didn't. I, it, was, it was Jimmy Garoppolo. I was going to say, uh, somebody said Jimmy Garoppolo could be an interesting fit in Pittsburgh. But maybe Russell Wilson in Pittsburgh? Or is that is that too much like, like being back in Seattle again, right? You've got a defense that has issues. You've got two good wide receivers and a running back. It just... 
does, does that feel like a, a lateral move going to Pittsburgh? Maybe I don't know. I think I yeah I think so because you would you'd have two good receivers. Are they as good as DK and Lockett? Your your O line would be a mess, and that was the issue that he had in Seattle. I don't love Pittsburgh for Russ. Um, and, and I know we were talking about Aaron Rodgers, and everything seems good there, right? Do you think it'll all be good if they they lose this week to your Niners, or they lose the week after? I I don't know. I think we're one playoff loss away from Aaron Rodgers just becoming Aaron Rodgers again. Could be, could be. I mean, I think it how it, I think it. You know, some of it depends on how it goes down. You know, if they're if they're settling for field goals instead of going for it, and they lose that way, then, <laughs> then maybe we're right back to where we started uh, at the beginning. So, um, I did mention Pittsburgh, and it appears, even though nothing is official, uh, that Ben Roethlisberger has played his last NFL game. Uh, he'll probably make the announcement that he retires like right after we post this podcast because that's just how our <laughs> lives go. Um, but it appears that he is done playing professional football. Uh, and stories on Tuesday morning are saying that all signs point to Mason Rudolph being the quarterback. I know it's not exciting. I know Steeler fans are not super fired up about that. I get it. But it's another situation where it feels like the Steelers sort of kicked the can down the road on trying to fill that backup quarterback spot. Now they're stuck with Mason Rudolph in, as you mentioned, a year that doesn't have a lot of great quarterback draft prospects, uh, a year where the free agency market doesn't look like it's going to be that great at the quarterback position. So they really may be stuck with Mason Rudolph. Obviously, nobody's drafting him in fantasy, but does this make you more worried about guys like Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool and even Najee Harris to some extent? Yeah, it, it does uh, because we saw Mason Rudolph. We, we've seen enough of Mason Rudolph to know who Mason Rudolph is at this point. He's not even a quality backup. Like, he comes in from Big Ben, who is a shell of his former self. I, I think most of us could say with confidence, like, no offense to Big Ben, he's not what he used to be. He is one of the lower-end starters in the NFL today, to say it nicely. And they were worse when they went to Mason Rudolph. They tied with the winless Lions at the time. They just they couldn't move the ball. Uh, to me, I'm looking at this as like, th this has to be a smokescreen, right? Like, there's no way you could go in with just Mason Rudolph. I'd rather see Dwayne Haskins at this time because at least there's <laughs> some unknown. Uh, there's some upside in the unknown there. I think Jimmy G makes sense. Even... Bring in a backup like Andy Dalton or Mitch Trubisky. I think those players would elevate this offense more. But if this is the case and they Mason Rudolph is the Steelers starter, I mean, just call Big Ben next August and, and run it back one more time. <laughs> so, you know, this, this makes me think of it was uh, what a year or two ago, um, I guess about a year ago when someone asked Sean McVay about Jared Goff and he said, Jared Goff is a Ram right now. <laughs> and like everybody's kind of like, oh, I, so this sort of feels like Mason Rudolph is the starter right now because Ben is out the door. We obviously don't trust Dwayne Haskins. We don't have any other options. So Mason Rudolph is the starter right now. Um, let's see what happens in six, seven months. You know, we get to we get to August. Uh, let's see if we're still talking about Mason Rudolph as the starter because that I think is going to have a big impact on on where people are drafting Steelers or, uh, or how interested they are in having Steelers skill position guys on their fantasy team. Uh, all right. I want to talk some quarterbacks today. I feel like we should spend the next uh, couple of weeks sort of breaking down positions, looking at what happened uh, in the 2021 season, sort of looking ahead to 2022 and uh, kind of getting a handle on it. Obviously, things are going to change. We haven't hit free agency. We haven't hit the draft. So what we think now uh, may be a little bit different than what we think, say, in July. But uh, I kind of want to just get the pulse of each position. So let's start with quarterbacks. 
Let's start with the top five fantasy quarterbacks from this past year. Again, this is through week 17. I didn't include week 18. So you got Josh Allen, uh, who's your QB one for the second straight year. Justin Herbert at two, Tom Brady at three, Patrick Mahomes at four, and Joe Burrow at five. Uh, were there any big surprises in that top five? Anybody who ended up there that maybe you didn't think would be there? Joe Burrow, I, uh, Josh Allen, Herbert Mahomes, and even Brady, like we all knew these guys, like Joe Burrow was coming in uh, with question marks. Like he was coming off of this knee surgery where he was didn't even have a full year to recover. There was O-line question marks. Did they make the right choice? And then the Jamar Chase summer, I mean, we all <laughs> summer long was like, oh, they should have took Penny Sewell and, and, you know, had an O-line for Burrow. And it started off a little bit slow for Burrow. And then he just exploded and he looked the Heisman winning number one overall pick. He he looked that part this season. So I was hopeful for Joe Burrow that he could take the next step in this offense. But if you asked me before the year, like, is he a top five quarterback? It would have been a hard no for me. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a little bit surprised by that. I thought he could certainly be a top 10 guy, uh, certainly not top five. I'll say that I'm a little bit surprised by Tom Brady being a top three quarterback. And, and I, I know he had a ton of weapons. And maybe it's just because, we're all still waiting for the fall off to happen, right? It's it's like predicting the end of the world. You do it long enough, eventually you're going to be right. And like <laughs> you keep predicting Tom Brady's fall off, like eventually we may be right. Although he may Brady's just... fall off might be the end of the world. It really, like... th those two things might coincide. Like really, <laughs> I mean, I you know, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Tom Brady has like a five thousand yard, you know, forty five touchdown season, and he's just like, yep, I'm done, I'm out, and then just like he, the fall off never comes. He just walks away. Uh, before that can happen With 12 so I, super bowl rings or whatever it yeah is whatever it is whatever whatever number it is that he <laughs> ends at and then you know he just decides to just call it quits so maybe the fall off never happens but i will say that i'm a, a tiny bit surprised uh that he was a top three guy this year so that that got me to three big questions about drafting quarterbacks sort of based on what we saw last year and trying to project that into some draft strategy the first one is is it still a good idea to wait on quarterbacks? And I ask it because you look at the guys that were at the top of the leaderboard, right? And for the most part, you know, Allen, Herbert, Mahomes, uh, you know, even I guess to some extent Brady, these were guys that were, you know, these weren't necessarily I'm sitting back until the 10th round to get a quarterback sort of guys. Maybe Burrow falls in that category. But for the most part, the, the guys up top were the guys that you kind of had to reach for to get. Everybody else felt inconsistent. So, do we stick with this weight on a quarterback strategy? I've changed my quarterback approach two years ago, and, and I, I think it's what I'm going to continue to stick to. I, I will not be drafting the first few quarterbacks off the board, which means, unfortunately, I won't have my guy Josh Allen really anywhere next year. I, I didn't have Mahomes in a lot of places this year. Lamar you know, uh, for his 20 historic 2018 season. I really ha haven't had any of the top quarterbacks, but I think waiting is a disadvantage when there's such a good second tier of quarterbacks. And that like last year, that was players like Herbert and Kyler and Dak and Brady was in that tier and, and Stafford. And then the year before that, it was a lot of those same names. Uh, Watson was in that, that tier as well. Then. So for me, Jalen hurts was another guy. Like for me, the second tier where you could get a quarterback in like somewhere between like rounds, like six, seven, maybe you wait a little bit longer, like eight, nine, but you're still getting one of those top 10 elite uh, quarterbacks with the least upside but it's a little bit of a discount from the higher end guys and you're still getting an advantage at that position so that secondary tier is where I've been living with quarterbacks and it's kind of what I think I'm going to do again next season and that was sort of my approach this year too I just I think for me I just 
I, I drafted the wrong quarterbacks in the second <laughs> tier. You know, I, I drafted Russell Wilson. Uh, I drafted Dak, who, you know, started well, then kind of slumped and was just kind of up and down this year. You know, so I think I think maybe the approach was right. Uh, I just think my execution might have been wrong. And so maybe that's me being a little bit frustrated with sort of the the results as opposed to the process. Because I think you're right. Like, I, I don't think I'm going to get Josh Allen. I did draft Mahomes in one spot last year just because, you know, you do enough drafts, you try something different, you kind of go outside the box. And, and so I got Mahomes. And it, it worked out fairly well uh, for me in that league. But I, I do think I'm going to be back to just kind of getting those second-tier guys. There's still plenty of talent there. Um, there's still opportunity. By the way, speaking of which, you, you mentioned Justin Herbert. Does he stay in that second tier? Or does he move up to kind of being one of those top tier guys now? Uh, I'm thinking he stays on that border. Like, I, I think Josh Allen, Mahomes will be the top two quarterbacks again off the board. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see like a, a Kyler Murray potentially thrown in there. But I think there's going to be a discussion. I think after the top two is when Herbert starts to be in that discussion. So it'll kind of depend on his ADP because I don't think he'll go quite as high as, as Allen and Mahomes. But he might be like that tweener. I don't know if he goes as uh, like you know, sixth, seventh round, you might have to take him in like the fifth round, but I don't think he's going to be like a third or fourth round pick. Well, yeah, fifth round, I can, I can sort of make a case for if, if that's, if that's where he ends up being, then I think I'm okay with that. If he's a third round guy, then I, I might end up being out on, on Justin Herbert. Um, so that being said, right, you talk about the first five or six guys that were super consistent, super good week to week. After that, you know, there was a little bit of a fall off, right? I mean, you look at six. Matthew Stafford faded in the back half of the season. Dak Prescott was up and down. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I mean, early on he was great. Later on, yeah, it was, it was a struggle at times for him. Um, because of this, I mean, I have certainly worked in the past where in, in standard one quarterback leagues, I would just draft one quarterback. I didn't want to necessarily leave, uh, you know, spend a roster spot on a second quarterback. But should we change that? Is, it, should it become standard practice now to draft two quarterbacks just because there aren't as many guys you can just have set it and forget it on a weekly basis? For me, if I have one of the elites like like Allen, Mahomes, uh, I'll throw Herbert in there, you know, whichever you view as the elite quarterbacks, then I'm only going to take one because I'm like, when am I ever going to sit Josh Allen outside of his bye or Mahomes or Herbert? But what I was doing last year was if I, and again, I said my strategy was to wait a little bit on the quarterback position. I was pairing two quarterbacks together. Like I had a lot of teams where like I would pair up like, Stafford with one of the rookie quarterbacks or Jalen Hurts with like a Stafford or, or a Tannehill someone that I was like I, I liked the idea of pairing someone that I thought was safe with someone that I thought had a lot of upside and and to me if I miss out on the elite quarterbacks uh, quarterback is so deep again where you'll be able to get a lot of those upside players later in the double digit round so at that price I think it's worth taking because Joe Burrow was one of those quarterbacks this year that he was a double-digit round pick in a lot of drafts, but if you took him and say you paired him with, like, Russell Wilson, you might have thought, hey, Russell Wilson, I'm, I'm set with him. You weren't, and then Joe Burrow could have really won you a championship. So uh, for me, unless I have one of those elite quarterbacks where I would never even think of sitting, I think it is smart to grab a second quarterback, but only one that has upside. I'm not going to take, like, you know, Kirk Cousins or something like that is my second quarterback. I want someone that can give me some more upside than that. And I think that's the important part of it, right? It's got to be somebody that you feel like has a higher ceiling, right? There, there's no point of making Jimmy Garoppolo your second quarterback and, you know, just kind of having him sit there. Although the flip side of that is you end up with, like, for me, I had Dak and Jalen Hurts. 
and it was a weekly battle in my head to figure out which one am I going to start. Um, I mean, I guess that's a good problem to have. It's it's better than the alternative of, of you know having two <laughs> having two quarterbacks and you don't want to start either one of them. Um, but I you know I I think I am going to kind of always have uh, kind of a, a second option there. I guess especially because as we talked about, I don't know if I'm drafting any of the elite guys, right? I don't know if I'm going to have Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. So I think there's always going to be a question on any given week of uh, who I should be starting. So I guess I guess that means I'm probably going to get a you know I don't know. A second, a, a second tier quarterback. I don't know Kyler Murray, and then pair him with what Trey Lance. <laughs> so I, in like my that. head, I was just like, I'm gonna have so many teams paired with Trey Lance, like <laughs> Stafford and Lance, or something like that. You know, like where I have one starter who's safe, but then Trey Lance brings that upside. Right. Uh, well, speaking of which, we're talking about Trey Lance and Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts and all these guys. Um, have we placed too much emphasis on running quarterbacks? Like, I feel like for a while that was such a big thing. And I know I, I definitely pushed this advice. Like, get, your, get yourself a quarterback who can run, who can pick up yards on the ground. This year was kind of a mixed bag. I mean, you had some guys, obviously, Josh Allen puts up numbers on the ground. Justin Herbert has some decent numbers. But then uh, Tom Brady had 81 rushing yards. Matthew Stafford had 43. Aaron Rodgers was just barely over 100. Like... Are, are have we did we go too far toward the rushing quarterback? Do we need to kind of you know find some balance, find some zen in that draft strategy? Maybe just a little bit. I still think it is super important to have a quarterback who can run because you look at the top ten in terms of points per game on the year. I mean, Allen was over seven hundred, Herbert was over three hundred, Mahomes was almost at four hundred, Brady. Uh, Stafford, uh, Rogers, those even Burrow, who only had over a hundred, those guys are the exception. But it, it basically to be a top quarterback, you need to do one of two things: you need to either run for at least like three hundred yards, I would say, or you need to throw for something like thirty plus, thirty-five to forty touchdowns. And for me, it's a lot easier to predict the guys who are going to run than the guys who are going to throw for all of those touchdowns. Because, I mean, we've seen quarterback touchdowns rate fluctuate year to year so much, but there's not just a one way to be a top quarterback. You can do it without running. You just have to throw for a lot of touchdowns then. Uh, was this just a was this an anomaly year for Lamar? I mean, I know he was hurt and he missed a good chunk of the, the end of the season. Does that does that impact your feeling about him at all? No, I, I, I think if anything, I feel a little bit better about Lamar because, yeah, he was hurt. I'm not going to hold that against him. But when he was playing, he we know he can run, but he was taking – strides as a passer this year which I mean if that's the case moving forward and then he's got his full allotment of weapons back because they were no team was more banged up than the Ravens this year like I I still think Lamar has top five upside and I'll probably have him ranked in my top five or six quarterbacks again next season all right yeah I mean I think so too we'll talk about that in a little bit too which uh means we should probably stop and take a quick break come back with a little bit more of the NFL fantasy football show you go into your shower feeling tired But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Time to pivot ahead to 2022. Uh, I got some hype trainer smoke screens for some quarterbacks here. Uh, first one, Trevor Lawrence, uh, after what was a dismal rookie year. He will be a top 15 quarterback. Hype trainer smoke screen. 
I'm still gonna go with Hype Train because I believe in his <laughs> talent. Um, I, I'm a sucker. I, I, I hear the exasperation in your voice. <laughs> I, I thought, I thought he was gonna be a QB one this year, and oh my god, I could not have been more wrong. But I'm gonna give him a pass and blame the the terrible circumstances he had around him. I will say a lot will determine be determined based on who they hire as a head coach and play caller. But I, I'm still gonna believe in his talent and his running ability and. So I'm gonna say hype train, but very reluctantly. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a smoke screen up. I think he misses the top fifteen. I think he's better than he was last year because I think they are going to get you know obviously they're gonna get a new coach, new play caller. Um, you know we'll see if they upgrade some of the receiving weapons around him because that was also not particularly great. Um, still a little bit bitter about the Lavisca Chenault deal. Hopefully they figure out some way to unlock him a little bit, but. Um, yeah, I just I don't know if he's ready to make the leap quite yet. Um, you know, we'll see what happens in the off season, but I, I I think I think top fifteen might be just out of reach this year. Maybe year three, who knows? But uh, you know, it also feels like they just wasted a year of Trevor Lawrence because of everything that went on around him down there in Jacksonville. So uh, I want to be optimistic. I can't quite yet. Um, Jalen Hurts won't repeat as a top ten quarterback. Hype train or smokescreen? smoke screen for me uh I, I think just what he can do with his legs if he gets a full year starting for the eagles he'll give us you know 800 plus rushing yards probably double digit rushing touchdowns again that alone i think is enough to make him a top 10 quarterback hopefully he improves as a passer but that being said marcus i don't necessarily think he might be a top 10 drafted quarterback like I wouldn't be surprised if he's like the 11th or 12th off the board maybe he goes behind like a Russell Wilson but I think at the end of it if he starts for a full year he'll just be top 10 off his rushing numbers alone uh yeah I'm gonna I'm going to reluctantly say hype train um I think what you started with is the key like right? if he gets a full year as a starter and I'm not a hundred percent convinced that he will it just seems like uh people in Philadelphia aren't completely sold on Jalen Hurts um you know and look I I know that you, you can't necessarily take Twitter as gospel or take you know a fan base as gospel but you did get a lot of sense of like people sort of wanted some Gardner Minshew in their lives late in the season and you know I, I don't know if that's necessarily the feeling inside the building but certainly outside the building I don't think people are convinced and so that that's the one thing that worries me I think if they do give him that full season I think it's it's almost a lock but it's a question of whether or not he has inspired enough confidence uh, to kind of get that opportunity. So I will reluctantly say hype train, but I could very well be wrong here. Um, next, Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo will both be with new teams next year. Hype train or smokescreen? Smokescreen. I, I think Jimmy G will be, unless he, you know, wins a Super Bowl, because I don't know how you move on then if he wins <laughs> you a Super Bowl. But I think Jimmy G will move on. I mean, he himself already kind of seems to accept that, that Trey Lance is the is the guy moving forward there. Baker, I think, gets one more year with Cleveland. Uh, I don't know if he's necessarily deserved it, but he's got that fifth-year option. I, I think they probably bring in a quality backup, maybe like a Marcus Mariota or something like that, to compete with him. But I think he gets one more chance in Cleveland, especially given how banged up he was this year. Yeah, no, I agree with, with all of that. So it's a, it's a smokescreen for me. Jimmy is probably out. Um, who knows? Maybe I mean maybe he goes to Pittsburgh. Maybe I don't think Denver would. would that, you know, if you're Denver and you're trading for Jimmy Garoppolo, why wouldn't you just keep like Drew Locke or something and <laughs> whatever? If, uh, if, if he wins a Super Bowl, Marcus, do they trade Trey Lance? Ooh. <laughs> I mean, 
I, I mean, I say no just because they gave up a lot to get Trey Lance. Um, you know, but it does it does put them in a bind if Jimmy somehow wins a Super Bowl. Like, how do you just say, "Hey, thanks for all your work. We're gonna trade you to wherever." You know, like I don't I don't know that that works, but um, I don't think they move on from Trey Lance because they gave up they gave up a haul to bring him in there. So I think they got to give him a shot. Uh, but yeah, Jimmy's probably gone. Baker stays. Apparently, Kevin Stefanski has really gone out of his way to tell people that like we're cool. There's no beef. It's all good. Don't worry about it. Whatever. So uh, I do think he's back in Cleveland. Last one, and this one maybe spawns a deeper discussion though. But Deshaun Watson will return to being an elite fantasy quarterback next year. Hype train or smokescreen? I-, I think this is a hype train. Um... Not to be insensitive to everything going on around Deshaun Watson, there's nothing football related. Like it's not like he's played bad or anything. Like I would expect Deshaun Watson to be the Deshaun Watson on the football field that he was the last three years that we've seen him, which has been nothing but an elite fantasy option, especially if he goes to a team uh, potentially like Miami or Denver or or one that has pieces in place already. I, I think that he would return and be a Easily top 10, likely top five fantasy quarterback again. I mean, I think you're right. And I, I think from that perspective, you know, if he's on the field and he's playing, you know, a full season or something close to it, I think you're right. And he's back to being that guy. The reason I put this in here, though, is because, you know, I guess I watched over the last couple of weeks as we were, we're starting to see coaching changes happen and we're starting to see teams looking ahead to next year. And his name always comes up when when you talk about teams that need a quarterback or looking to make a trade. Deshaun Watson's name comes up. And I guess part of me has felt sort of uncomfortable because we have very little clarity on what his situation is going to be. I know there's been some uh, kind of some small maneuvering, some small movements in his case, uh, you know, whether he's getting close to a settlement or what have you, um, you know, it hasn't been front page news like like it was early in the summer. And part of me is like, well, wait, are we, you know, how do we approach this as as football fans, as fantasy people? Do we just assume that all is you know, cleared and he comes back to play. The league still hasn't stepped in with, you know, whatever discipline that they may, uh, they may put out there. It just feels like Florida that it's still, there's still so much unknown with Deshaun Watson and people kind of talk about it. Like, Hey, he's just going to be back. He's going to be playing football and everything's going to be cool again. I just feel like I, I may go into July. If we don't have any further clarity, you know, will we get to July not knowing what to do with Deshaun Watson? It just feels like it's just kind of a black box and we have no idea what, what to do with it. Yeah. And for those in dynasty leagues, I feel like you're just kind of in limbo with Deshaun Watson, right? Like if you've held on this long, I feel like you just continue to hold on because there's too much up in the air, like you said, where you're not going to get much if you try to trade him. And, I mean, if he comes back, we're, we're saying he's still going to be great. So I think if you have him in Dynasty, I, I know I people don't like putting a fantasy turn on stuff like this, but I think you just kind of hold tight. And if you're doing early best ball drafts or something like that, I think you stay away until we get more clarity. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's always it's always awkward to kind of take these real life things and apply them to fantasy football. Uh, I never feel great about it, but you know, it's it's kind of what we do. So, uh, eh, I, I don't know. I'm I'm waiting to see more. I'm waiting to find out more. I think we all sort of are. Uh, I just I've been, just, I don't know. I don't know the word uncertain, uh, uneasy. I guess just sort of listening to people talk about Deshaun Watson as though he's just you know. It's not like he came back from a torn ACL, right? Like yeah. he was injured and is coming back from an injury. It's just a whole that, different situation. 
that's the thing I also am a little afraid of. Like, if he comes back next year and plays, do we celebrate him? Oh, we have him back. Like, because, no, it, it, it shouldn't happen that it way. It shouldn't. It really shouldn't. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be awkward. No way about yeah. it. No way around that. Uh, all right. So, I want to finish this up with uh, our dynasty rankings. Always kind of do a dynasty check. And uh, I, I, I am vowing that we will talk a lot more dynasty stuff this offseason. Uh, you know, I want to get, uh, get some of our, our friends around the industry to come in here and, and talk some dynasty stuff with us. So, we will certainly do that. But um, your top five dynasty quarterback rankings now that we are, you know, pretty much done with this season. Uh, I went with Josh Allen at number one because he is elite thrower, like the other top options, but he's just the best runner of them. And then I went with Mahomes, who I think is the best thrower of the football in football uh, at number two. And and we can trust those offenses, I feel like, going forward. Justin Herbert at three. He, he's so elite. He's so young. He's in a great offense. Lamar Jackson, I, I think people shouldn't be sleeping on him. He is still one of the best quarterbacks in the game when he is healthy. And then Joe Burrow, I mean... What we're seeing these last six, seven weeks, I think, is Joe Burrow ascending into superstardom. And I, I don't really expect him to to change. I, I think he is here to stay and is going to be a really fun few years because all five of those quarterbacks, Marcus, are in the AFC. Yeah, yeah that's kind of wild, right? Because you and I have the same – we have the same five names, maybe just in slightly different order. I went with Mahomes first. Uh, you're right. I can trust both them and the Bills' offense. I think I just like the Chiefs' offense a little bit better. Um, although, who knows? With Travis Kelsey maybe not being the top tight end anymore, maybe it's different. But uh, I still like Mahomes' number one. I got Josh Allen at number two. And I really looked at them. I mean, I, I played with that one a little bit, and it kind of went back and forth. So I settled on Mahomes' one. Josh Allen to Justin Herbert at three. We both agree on. Uh, I put Joe Burrow at four, even though I think he's a, he's a little bit older um, than some of these other, not older than some of these other guys. But uh, for a guy who's only been in the league for a couple of years, uh, age-wise, he is sort of on par with like the Mahomes and, and the Allens and those guys too. So that's sort of something to keep in mind. But they seem to have a good thing going there. He and Jamar Chase are amazing together. Uh, and the Bengals look like they are in place to be competitive for a number of years. So I got Burrow at four. I think Lamar Jackson at five. Uh, I do think, you know, the injuries, the illnesses this year sort of slowed him down a little bit. I'd also just like to see, you know, when the Ravens offense is fully healthy again, right? When you, you get Lamar back healthy and they get J.K. Dobbins back. I mean, remember, he missed the whole year. So you get J.K. Dobbins back for a year. See what happens when, you know, if you can get some consistency out of, out of Marquise Brown and Rashad Bateman. Um, so I'm still willing to go with Lamar at, uh, at five. Uh, as the as the QB there in Dynasty, um, yeah. So that's it. I mean, none of the other young guys, right? I mean, we're not we're still not putting Jalen Hurts there yet. We're not putting Kyler in there. Yet. I was, Kyler didn't make it to either one of our lists. Was maybe a little bit of a surprise. Kyler originally, I had him in there, and then I I just I had to take him out. The the issue with Kyler, he's not as good of a thrower as maybe you, you could say Lamar, but the other four are all better passers than he is. And Kyler, ever since that shoulder injury last year, not even this past season, has just been running less. Like this year, I think he had two games where he ran for over 50 yards. So if you're taking away that running ability, he is not a top five quarterback. 423 rushing yards uh, in the regular season compared to, you know, it looked like he was going to be step for step with Lamar Jackson. We we're going to be talking about Kyler putting up thousand yard rushing seasons. But uh, yeah, apparently he's decided that maybe it's not so good to take hits. Not I look, I'm not criticizing him. I get it. Um, I'm know. about the same size as Kyler. I, I get it. I mean, look, my buddy was like, you know, this 
texted me like this wouldn't be happening if, if he was playing for the A's. And I'm like, yeah, he'd also be making way less. And, <laughs> and the response to that was, I don't know. I consider that trade if uh, Aaron Donald wasn't hunting me every couple of weeks. He'd be like, leaving, living the minor league life. You know what that's like. I do know what that's like. I mean, I hope you enjoy cold cuts, man, and peanut butter and jelly because uh, that's going to be your life for six months when you're doing that sort of thing. So, uh, All right, so on Thursday, uh, we will turn our attention to uh, some running backs perhaps. Uh, also get in some DFS talk because there are still more games coming up for the weekend. So uh, we will look ahead to that. And hopefully no news breaks uh, after we put this thing out and you guys get to listen to it. That'd be kind of nice, but we'll see. Uh, in the meantime, that'll do it for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. Stay happy, safe, and healthy. Get vaxxed, wear a mask, do good, and live well. And we will talk to you on Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.